everybody welcome to wednesday night service amen who's glad to be in the house of the lord tonight yeah it's feeling like fall time out there it's getting dark and cold i love it and maybe a little rain for us so praise the lord we'll take all of it amen let's go ahead and stand up together tonight and we're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the united states and hey we're getting into elections and all that so we want to make sure that america makes right choices and is coming to jesus amen so keep your faith out there let's go ahead and speak these words together father we come to you in jesus name and in unity we confess that jesus christ is lord over the united states of america we declare that righteousness mercy Justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Very good. All right. Well, uh, who had a good time at the picnic at the park last night, man? That was a good time. A lot of people out there playing and eating together. And, and so we want to do as much stuff uh, like that as we can uh, to be there for the church family and, and minister and give you guys uh, just a great chance to fellowship and meet other families. Amen. All right. Uh, so update on the construction. We're trying to keep you in the loop on that as best we can. Um, so they've got more and more stuff going in this week. We're getting drywall. In fact, I'm seeing it right now. It's all mudded and stuff. So that's good news. And uh, and so we're moving forward. And they're telling us that we should have these bathrooms done by Harvest Fest. So that's two weeks away. Amen. So keep your faith released that that is actually going to happen. And we are going to have the bathrooms all the way ready to go uh, with no trouble at all. All right. Uh, and speaking of all that harvest fest is just about two weeks away all right so uh the 28th and you know what we need what do we need people we need candy we need candy hot dogs and lemonade yes we announced lemonade last week and one of our online listeners from 2,000 miles away sent in seven things of lemonade so i'm like 
Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I'm telling you, you can't let these East Coast viewers outdo the people that are actually right here, all right? So we got to step it up. We need lemonade, and they're talking about the uh, containers there, and uh, hot dogs, buns, and lots and lots and lots of candy. So bring it on, and we're going to fill 1,500 bags this year and bless 1,500 kids or more in Jesus' name, all right? Uh, so women's meeting is this Friday. Ladies, are we going to be there? Okay. There, hey, you know what? Whatever. Just at the Mexican food theme that night. So come on out. Mrs. Pastor's teaching the word. It's going to be a good time. And after service, uh, if uh, we could get a few good men to help Robert and the ushers set up a few tables, that would be fantastic. And then they'll be all ready for the women's meeting. And then uh, also, we want to let you know, again, this is tentatively planned, all right? So you just put a little asterisk in your calendar beside it. But Sunday night, October 30th, uh, we're planning on doing our mortgage burning party, all right? And so big, big news. We just got to make sure everything finalizes before then. Uh, But um, so we're planning on that Sunday night. It will be a Harvest Fest celebration party anyway, because we like to do that and celebrate everybody that worked at Harvest Fest. But I'm thinking, hey. While we've got some fire out there, I've got some papers to burn. You know, you don't need to follow me on that? Yeah. So let's burn that mortgage and get out of here, all right? It's going to be a good time. Yes. So the Lord has been really good to us. And again, we're going to be getting into the holiday season here, too. We're talking Thanksgiving pitch-in, Christmas service, everything. They're starting to plan, you know, the children's Christmas program. So parents, just be ready for that. And we're going to have a really awesome holiday season this year celebrating Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? There it is. It's happy time. And we are happy because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead. And if you need an envelope tonight, raise your hands and the ushers will get you one. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. All right. Praise God. Let's get a high five, bro. All right. I'll leave him alone. Okay. uh, Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Let's do this. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. We've got some running in the church tonight. Woo! You're getting Pentecostal again. Proverbs 28. And we're going to look here at verse 25 in the NLT. Proverbs 28 and verse 25. And we're talking about being a giver and trusting the Lord with our finances. Who in here you trust God with your money? You know, because we're all like, I, I trust him with my whole life. Some people say that, but they don't even really trust him with their money because they don't do what he says to do with it. So I'm like, hey, that's something to think about. Proverbs 28 and verse 25, it says, greed causes fighting. You ever seen that? Yeah, man. People will fight over money. Greed causes fighting. But check this out. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Amen. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. And so when I trust the Lord, I obey what his word says to do. If I trust God regarding, you know, uh, money, then I'm going to do what he says about money. When I trust God about healing, I'm going to do what his word says about healing. And a, a thought came to me a couple Sunday nights ago that I hadn't hit on for a while because I forgot all about it, but it's really interesting to me. So uh, statistically speaking, um, only three to five percent of Christians in the U.S. actually tithe 10 percent to God. And that's quite low. Uh, you know, our church has a much higher percentage because we preach on it a lot and teach about it. But only three to five percent tithe. And then I just looked this wonderful stat up just out of curiosity. Over 30 percent of the U.S. population plays the Powerball lottery. 
What's that telling me? That's telling me that even there's even Christians that think that playing the lottery has a better chance of blessing their finances than simply doing what God says to do with it. You trust gambling more than God. It's getting quiet in here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta, I'm gonna move on real quick, but that's just always fascinated me. How somebody could have money for bingo or powerball or lottery, but not be able to give God a tenth. I'm like, come on. I think I'm, I'm touching on something and I'm gonna move forward right now. Amen. But hey, you know, it's just real, man. How could you? And then you say, God, I trust you with all my heart, but I don't trust you with my money. Other than that, I trust you. Come on. Anyway. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching to the wrong. Let's stand up tonight. Let's let's go. Let's go. All right. Maybe, I think the online the online people they're liking this. They're saying Amen. All right. They like me. All right. Let's go ahead. We're gonna uh, speak some words of faith over our giving and and God bless you if you're a tither. Amen. The Lord. The, what happens? Uh, it leads to prosperity when you trust the Lord with your money. Amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar as we worship tonight. We're rising up from the ashes We're no longer bound by chains You gave your life for freedom We're coming out of the shadows Your glory tore through the veil And now your light shines upon us Cause we are free, we are yours To God be the glory now and forever Seems my soul To God be the glory now and forever Seems my soul We have been washed in the river You turn our sorrow to joy And now we're singing your praises Cause we are free, we are yours To God be the glory now and forever Sing my soul To God be the glory now and forever Sing my soul to God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. Let's put our hands together here.
I want you to sing on this part. All of creation lift up his name. To God be the glory. God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name. To God be the sing that out. To God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name. To God be the glory. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. One more time, let's put our hands together. All of creation lift up his name to God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name to God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation lift up his name to God be the glory. To God be the glory. All of creation. Lift up His name, to God be the glory. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sings my soul. To God be the glory now and forever sing my Oh 
Oh, 
that to you tonight. Great are you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you are in our lives, Lord. And, and we know you are the great I am. There is none like you in all the world, Lord. And we lift your name up high tonight, Jesus, and ask that you would have your way in our midst, Lord. Speak to us tonight and show us uh, the truth from your word, Father. And we know that as we do that, as we as we look into your word and, and as we apply your word and be doers of the word, Lord, you're going to change our lives for the good and for the better. We love you, Jesus, and we give you all the praise tonight. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give somebody a nice big hug for a minute and just tell them you love them and they're doing a good job. Amen. <laughs> Made it to church tonight. You're doing real good. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, I'm excited about getting into the Word of God tonight. And uh, it's a, a we're going to mainly be basing everything off of a main key verse here uh, that we're going to look at. And um, I, there's a lot we're going we're gonna to hit on this, but I believe the Lord's going to speak to you and you're going to get some answers. Who comes to church because, hey, you love Jesus, but you also you need a little bit of help, right? You don't have it all together yet. And you're, and you're trying to learn and get better. That's, that's exactly where I'm at. So the title tonight is this. It's called Don't Conform, Transform. Don't Conform, transform. And uh, what we're basing this off of is Romans 12, 2. And so let's look at Romans 12, 2. First of all, in the New King James, Romans 12, 2, in the New King James. And in a minute, I'm also going to read it out of the NLT. But uh, this is a verse that um, I've heard my dad uh, really speak a lot uh, throughout my life on because there is a massive key, major key to your success in life hidden in this verse. And, uh, and so it, it's very, very powerful. And sometimes people are like, man, I don't know why nothing's getting better. I don't know why things aren't changing. I don't know why, you know, I'm trying and I'm still tripping. And, and there's just, there's something huge right here that you need to see. All right. So Romans 12, two in the new King James, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Who would like to, in your life, prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I'm telling you that I want to live my life in the perfect will of God. And some people have talked about, well, there's God's permissive will where, you know, you're not exactly where he wants you to be, but, you know, you're getting along. Then there's his perfect will. And I want to live right in the perfect will of God. And so conform, as this is talking about, means to be similar or identical to, all right? In other words, you just blend in like everybody else. And so, you know, you remember back in high school and junior high, right? Anybody been back there? I was there one time. And and, and at that point, you just, at least for me, I just wanted to fit in. I I, I didn't want to stand out in the crowd. I didn't, I just wanted to blend in and just kind of be, you know, uh, like everybody else. I didn't, I didn't want to stand out. And, 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 and so to conform means that you just blend in and you're basically just like everybody else is. Now this verse tells us to not conform to this world. Don't be just like everybody else in this world is, but you got to be transformed. All right. And transform means to make a thorough change. What does that mean? You have to make a thorough change 
of your mind. And I promise you this, when you renew your mind as a Christian, it will completely change your life. And I'm going to, I'll break this down more, but, but, uh, but listen, uh, we've taught this a million times that as a human, you're a three part being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. In fact, all throughout the New Testament, uh, the apostle Paul prays, you know, he says in first Thessalonians, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, he talks about, uh, the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. It says it divides between your soul and your spirit. Now, a lot of Christians and a lot of people think that the soul and the spirit are the exact same thing. And really they're not. And so when we say another soul got saved today, another soul is in heaven, that's, you know, it's fine to say that, but really that's not the truth. Your soul isn't what actually goes to heaven. Your spirit is what goes to heaven when you die or, you know, God forbid you aren't saved and it goes to hell. So listen to me. So what we're talking about here is your mind being renewed. And so what is your mind? Well, that is part of your soul. And so through a thorough study of scripture, okay, and I I would have to pull all this out in a deeper study someday for you, but through a thorough study of scripture, we see that the soul the Bible refers to is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so a lot of us, we're stumbling, we're fumbling, we're not where we need to be in life and, and we're not happy about it and and we get it and it's a struggle and and we were like well what happened i thought jesus came in and fixed everything what you need to understand is this is that when you were born again and jesus forgave you of your sins and you received new eternal life right you were made a new creature in christ jesus and so what happened jesus came in and gave you a brand new heart, a brand new spirit. Spiritually, you are clean and pure and white as snow and you can't get any better, right? As far as your righteousness and good standing with God. Jesus cleaned up and gave you a brand new spirit. But when it comes to your soul, when it comes to your mind, he says, you're going to have to do something about your mind. You are going to have to be transformed by you renewing your mind. Jesus got me all good in my spirit, and now I'm going to have to be transformed by me renewing my mind. And I'm going to show you how to do that in just a minute. And then the third part of you is your body, and also you're responsible for your body. You know, I, uh, as, as tough as that sounds sometimes, you got to realize, like, you can't just eat a Big Mac and curse the calories in Jesus' name. You're laughing. I see people do that still. Okay. Lord, I'm going to go to the China buffet. I'm just going to eat six plates today, but I curse the calories in Jesus name. They're not existent. So now I'm going to eat 10,000 calories and not gain a pound. And then you get mad when you do. Uh, you're, you're looking at me. I'm telling you, people do it and I hear them do it. So you're responsible. <laughs> okay. Some people are identifying themselves. I didn't ask for that, but go ahead. So what I'm saying is this is Jesus took care of you. Your spirit, you are brand new. You are born again, child of God, going to heaven someday. Amen? Now your soul, which is your mind and your will and your mind, Jesus, he'll help you with it. Amen? But you're going to have to take some responsibility there, and you're going to have to put in a little bit of the effort that it takes to renew your mind. And for your body, you've got to do some good things there. Take a good multivitamin and run on the track. Okay, very good. All right? Romans 12.2 in the NLT, it says... Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God 
in my life. Amen. So let's break this down here into just two things tonight, because that's all we're going to have time for. And I believe that if you would receive the word, it will really help you tonight, because this has helped me a lot. Amen. All right. So number one tonight is this. All right. If we're going to do this, if we're going to be transformed, number one, don't try to be like the rest of the world. Thank you. Don't try to be like the rest of the world. Well, I want to. Well, the Bible just told us to don't be like that. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Well, I want to do that, but I want a nice new mind. And I want to do that, and I want all the blessings of God. Well, you're going to have to pick one or the other. You can either be like all of them, or you can do things God's way and receive the peace and the joy and the blessings that he has for you. And so I was thinking about this. You know, America has fallen in love with the idea of celebrity and fame at, I believe, a really disgusting rate. You know, I mean, we, we idolize people that really are not that admirable, uh, honestly, a, a lot of them, I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, most of the time, the best and easiest way to become famous is to just get everybody to, to like you for something. And, and, and what I mean by that is this, you used to, celebrity, let's go back to like the early 1900s or 1800s. If you were a celebrity, it's because you were super good at something. Like you were Thomas Edison and you invented a light bulb. You deserve to be famous if you invent the light bulb, right? I mean, you're George Washington Carver. The man is a celebrity in his day. Why? The man invented like 400 things out of a peanut. Dude, you are the bomb. You deserve to be a, you deserve it, man. You, you earned that. And nowadays, you know, like, my kids will tell me about somebody, ooh, 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 that's so-and-so. I'm like, well, what's he famous for? <laughs> he makes prank phone calls on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he is so, I want to be just like him. And I'm like, seriously? C- come on, you can do better than that. No, I mean, if that's, you know, your your thing. But I'm just saying, like, that's what we admire now. And and and, and it used to be you had to be really smart or talented or, or heroic and brave. Now, you know, you, you, you smash pumpkins in the Walmart parking lot and videotape it and you're like, you know, you're, you're a national hero. I don't get it. Maybe it's just me. Some of the youngins, they, they get it, but I don't get that. I remember, um, a while back, I was in, I was in line at, at, at the store and, uh, you know, this kind of, it hurt my heart is really what this did. There was a, a mom in there and, and, uh, she had her little eight year old, I, I would say eight, I'm guessing, you know, about an eight year old daughter and the little girl's tugging at her the whole time. Mommy, mommy. And trying to talk to her. And the mom is not listening one bit, but instead the whole time she's, and, 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 and the little girl's like, mommy, mommy. And, and I guess it kind of annoys me when somebody speaks loudly with the intent of everybody else around hearing. They want you to hear what they're saying. And she's like, not now, mom. Hey, honey, the video mommy posted has 17,000 views. Isn't that great, honey? Hey, honey. Did you? And she wanted us to all hear it. And I'm like, girl, first of all, put a jacket on because I'm not here to see that. <laughs> and then also, all right, man, maybe I'm in a mood tonight. Maybe you caught me on the wrong Wednesday. Maybe it's the wrong week. But what I'm saying is, you know, put something on. And then also pay attention to your daughter. What lesson are you teaching your children that the way that you find value and worth in this world is to get people you've never met to like you while you ignore the very people that God gave you in your life. It's called vanity, it's called selfishness, and it's called being very shallow. Right? And so I feel bad for this little girl. She's going to grow up thinking like, oh man, if I want to be something, I've got to get everybody to to just uh, like me so if I can portray a a fake image. And and what I'm saying is this, that's our society now, and I don't want to be like that. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so saying all that, you know, sadly, a lot of that has crept into mainstream Christianity even and, and into many pastors. They crave to be like the world. And I mean, I'm, I'm like, dude, I, I see the results they're getting. I don't want to be like that. I want to be like what Jesus showed me to be. Because when I, when I do things his way, hey, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. What does that mean? He restores my mind and my emotions. If I was crazy, he puts it back together when I let him be my shepherd. Let's look at James 4.4. James 4.4. We're talking about don't conform, transform. And the first part of that is to not copy the world. Don't We don't want to be like them. So James 4.4. And we're going to look here. And uh, this is another hard-hitting verse, all right? I'm just, I'm giving, you have a, you have a heads-up warning, okay? So don't say that I, I broadsided you with this. I'm telling you in advance that this is a hard-hitting verse. James 4 and verse 4. And you know that James is, he is, he didn't beat around the bush. He was straightforward with what he said. So here it goes. You adulterers! Woo! Come on! He said, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Now, that sounds like a rough statement. And and does that mean we don't have any friends that aren't Christians? It doesn't mean that. We talked about this on Sunday night. It doesn't mean that I can't ever have any friends that aren't Christians. But I can tell you this much right now, that I'm not trying to conform and be more like them. I'm not going to let them be the influence on me and my beliefs and my faith and my morals and my standards. You know, I, I, I want to be around Christians that are going to build me up and help me transform into the person that Jesus wants me to be. Right? And so I get it. We are, Jesus said in John 17, we are in the world, but not of the world. I, I live here and I recognize that fact. And I am well able to uh, adapt and be around people that, you know, that, that aren't holy and Christian. I can do that all day long. That I can. But the fact of the matter is this, is that if that is who is really my friendship and who I'm getting my main input and, uh, and, and, and everything from in life, then that's not good. <laughs> that is not a good place to be. And really, you'll end up making yourself an enemy of God. And I don't want to go into what all that means, but that's not good. You don't want to be an enemy of God. That's a bad spot to be in. And so we know that, you know, it's not going to make people happy when you don't fit into their mold, right? When you start to say, how many of you, you got born again and you had to tell some people, Hey, I can't do that anymore. Right. Did they hug you and say, Oh, good for you. Good for you. I, I, congratulations. We're so happy for you. No, they probably said, who died and made you God? What, what's wrong with you? You think you're better than me? You think, and, and, and they probably gave you a really hard time because it makes them mad. But, but the truth of the matter is this, is that if you want to really change your life, if you want your mind to be renewed, if you want to get rid of the bad thoughts, the depression, the, 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 the anger thoughts, the whatever is going on in your mind that you want to get rid of, you're going to have to take step one here and do what Romans 12 two said and not be conformed to this world, 
But what do you do? You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, I remember I preached a sermon in December of 2020 um, about how we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat, right? Because I kept hearing everybody say all year long, like, well, we're all in the same boat here, and it's just bad. You know, we'll probably all get it and die before it's over anyway. We are all in the same boat. And I'm like, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's tough, man, about everywhere, man. And after a while, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I get it. Yeah, we're all like alive right now, but clearly we are not in the same boat. Because you're terrified and won't leave, you know, whatever. And, and like, I'm living my life and free and happy and growing and prospering and doing really well. And it's certainly not because, you know, I'm so smart and good. But, but I'm just trusting Jesus just like I always did. And so I'm like, okay, we may be in the same storm, but I am not in your boat. I am in the Jesus boat. And you're out there doing your thing. And, uh, and don't ask me to come into your boat because I'm not getting into your boat. I like my boat. I, I like the Jesus boat. And that's the boat I want to be in. Because we saw in Scripture, Jesus went through some storms, didn't he? And he was in the boat, and the storm still came. But everybody in Jesus' boat made it through and did just fine. And so when a storm comes, you know where to find me. I'll be in the Jesus boat, right? And don't say, like, well, we're all in the same boat together. No, 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 no. No, some people are going to live in the fear boat, the negative boat, the, the, you know, the anger boat, the whatever boat. I will be in the boat with Jesus. And another good thing, hey, there's less people in that boat. What Matthew 7, 13 says, you got to enter heaven by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And so, you know, it's just the truth of the matter that if you're going to be in the faith boat, you're going to be in the Jesus boat and really do the Christian thing the right way. It's not a crowded road. Uh, Jesus said there's not very many people choosing that road. Most people are choosing the broad way to destruction. And I don't care if everyone's going down that road. I'll take the narrow one lane highway to heaven and be glad when I get there. But I don't have to be like everybody else. All right. And so if we're going to be transformed, if my life is really going to have a really big change, okay, Jesus changed me. That's number one. Number one and best is Jesus brought me salvation. My spirit, my heart is born again. I'm going to heaven. And that's the number one step. Hallelujah. But if I really want to also start seeing some massive change this side of heaven, I'm going to have to change a lot of my soul and my mind. And let's just face it. Some of us got some stinking thinking, don't we? Yeah. I've wanted to say that for years. I've never said that. Uh, yeah. Some stinking thinking. And and it's hard to overcome stinking thinking, but it can happen with the word of God. So number two, it's this. Number two, renew your mind. All right. If we're going to really be transformed, number one, we're going to have to not conform to the world. But number two, we're going to have to renew the mind. Now, Brother Hagen said, what we believe is a result of our thinking. If we think wrong, we will believe wrong. You ever notice that, that you believe what you think? Like, you know, and, and maybe what you think is absolutely wrong and it's obvious to everybody else, but you think it's true. And so you're convinced of it because our thinking controls our beliefs. And one of the main ways that Satan has brought harm to the world today is through changing the way people think. People think different than they used to. I'm just telling you, you know, people think different than they used to and that changes the way 
that we believe. And I know that us and our kids have lies pumped at us 24-7 by the media. And anybody else that has a microphone and a camera and uh, access to YouTube, I mean, they, they're, there's nonstop lies. There's some good Christian YouTubers out there. I won't mention names, but there's some good ones. But, uh, but, but really, you know, it, there's been a mass change of thought morally and, and ethically in our country. And anybody that challenges what's right and wrong, you know, you're just simply silenced or, you know, put down by the people of the internet. I just saw, I was just reading an article earlier, I didn't hear about it, but apparently a couple days ago, the biggest, one of the biggest financial, uh, things in the U.S., an app, an internet company that probably most of us have an account with to do online business, they said, hey, uh, we're going to start monitoring people that spread misinformation, and if you spread what we deem misinformation, we'll just dock $2,500. We'll penalize it and take it out of your account right there. And like, okay, well, hold on. Who gets to decide what misinformation is? Who gets to who's wait? Who's the judge of what that is? And so many people freaked out. This was just this week. So many people canceled their accounts, dropped the app, that their stocks went down the toilet, and and all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 uh, that we didn't mean that. We didn't mean that. Uh, that's not what we meant. Uh, we 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 said that wrong. Like, yeah, right. You got. That's exactly what you meant. We do what you say, or else no, it doesn't work that way. And so I'm telling you right now that hey. If you're going to stand up for Jesus and, and you're going to and, and you're going to be transformed, you're going to take some heat. And and that's just it's a real wild time to be alive right now. But I believe it's a great time to be alive if you know the truth of God's word. Amen. And and, and you like a good challenge. Anybody like a good challenge? Yeah. OK, <laughs> I do. I like a good challenge. So listen to me, though. Let's get to this. The mind is a battlefield. And it's one of the last big hurdles to cross on your journey in life. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get at you right now. The mind is a battlefield. And I told you already, when you got saved, Jesus transformed your spirit. I mean, he made you a new creation. It's not that he just came in and gave you a sponge bath. You are a whole brand new creature on the inside. Jesus took care of the spirit. But cleaning up your mind and transforming it is up to you. All right? You get that, right? That's a responsibility. Now, if you want to get better and you want your life to change and you're done with, you know, fighting these whatever thoughts that may come at your mind, it can be done. Absolutely. But it's going to take, you know, saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready. I want some change. I want a different mind. So how do you renew the mind? Well, first of all, let me say that it's a process. It's not a one-time, God, clean my mind, amen. I wish you, you know, but it's not like that. And if you've developed a habit over the course of your life and then you find out it's wrong, it takes some time to fully change. Anybody notice that? I mean, some of you were, you know, you've been born again and raised in the church since you were a kid. Some got saved in their 20s, 30s, 40s. And I know that uh, if you've had stinking thinking or bad habits for 30, 40, 50 years, it's going to take a minute to change some of those things. And so one thing that I always like to say is, I haven't arrived yet. I know, but I've left. 
the ship has set sail. I'm not all the way where I need to be yet. I've got some imperfections. I've got some things to work on, and I'm, but I'm not excusing them and defending them. I'm saying, hey, at least the ship has left the dock, and I'm headed out to where I need to be with Jesus. So thank God I may not be where I want to be just yet, but praise Jesus, I'm not where I used to be. I'm further than what I was. And so we're going to talk about how you can renew your mind. And and, and, it, and this is absolutely possible in the name of Jesus. You can do this, all right? So A, letter A, and this may sound so obvious, but A, through the Word of God. You, you will transform your mind, first of all, through the Word of God. And I mean, we could go to a lot of verses here, but I want to show you one of my favorites, Isaiah 26, 3. Isaiah 26, 3. And so, the Word of God. And in fact, in Ephesians, it talks about that, uh, that we're to be cleansed with the washing of the water of the Word. And so, you need to take a Word bath every day. You know, I mean, you, that's a real thing. You, every time that you are legitimately reading the Word, speaking it out, you are, you are scrubbing down your brain and your mind, and you are cleaning it up from all the junk that tries to come at it. And we need that. I need that, man, every day. And, you know, I, I take, I take a daily shower very seriously. That's no, I mean, I'm into that. I, I, I'm into that. That's a real thing. And as much as I want to clean, you know, the body and the hair every day, I want to clean my mind every day with the Word of God. And, and it, and if I were to go without any scripture that day, I would be able to tell the difference. I can tell you that right now. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Now, check this out. It says, you will keep in what? Perfect peace all who trust in you. Now, check this out. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. All whose what? Thoughts are fixed on you. How do you keep your thoughts fixed on Jesus by keeping your thoughts fixed on the word of God. Because John 1, 1 tells us that Jesus is the word. When I'm spending time with the word, I'm spending time with Jesus. When I'm letting the word transform me, I'm letting Jesus transform me. And so the only way that we don't have perfect peace in life is if our thoughts aren't fixed on Jesus. It's true. It's true. And I mean, I, I can identify in my life any time that my thoughts and my mind are clearly fixed on him, I don't just have peace. I swear, I have perfect peace. If I'm driving down the road just thinking about, oh my goodness, God, you are so good. In the beginning, you created the heavens and the earth and the earth, and and, and then you spoke the, you know, the water and the sky, and I'm just, you know, whatever the verses may be, I promise you, man, I have got the perfect peace of God. And I, I've said that I, I sleep with usually preaching on every night, usually, but sometimes it's scripture. And on a rare occasion, I sleep to hymns. But anyway, you don't need all that information. So, but, but nine out of ten times, I sleep with Kenneth Hagin preaching at night. And 
And I'm telling you, man, I sleep really, really good. And I didn't used to. I used to have nightmares and terrors, and I would wake up, and I'd feel like something was holding me down. And uh, and I rebuked that in May of 2003. And I'm, I'm honest, I've never had a nightmare since May of 2003. I'm going on, like, 19 years. of I mean, you know, I've occasionally had weird and stupid dreams, you know, ate too much pizza or a big burrito or something. Like, Ugh! But... But a nightmare? No, 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 it doesn't exist. And and some people are like, well, I, I don't know about that. I'm just telling you, man, when I've got the Word of God going and I'm just letting it soak in, oh, I've got perfect peace. And it bypasses my understanding. It surpasses my understanding, as Philippians 4 says. Amen. Here's a verse for you to write down. Philippians 4, 8. Just write this down. Go do it later. But it tells us, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Well, it's impossible for somebody to do that. Bet me. <laughs> Wait, well, I just, I preached against gambling a minute ago, but no, don't bet me. But, but just, I promise you, it is possible to fix your thoughts on what is pure and lovely and admirable and true. And, and, and you know what would uh, fit the bill for all of that? The Word of God is true, pure, lovely, admirable, honorable, you know, holy. It's all of those things. And so when we think about those things, it begins to transform us, all right? Here's B. This is probably the biggest thing I need to tell you tonight, so pay attention. Here's the real meat of the whole sermon, all right? It's this, B. If we're going to renew the mind, B, you have to capture wrong thoughts you have to capture wrong thoughts let's look at second corinthians 10 second corinthians 10 3 through 5 are you with me tonight second corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5 in the new king james and so we're talking about capturing wrong thoughts and i'll tell you we all have wrong thoughts at some point or another. We all have wrong thoughts come to us. But when you learn how to capture those and get rid of them and boot them out, it's a good day. <laughs> it is a good day for your life when you learn to do this. So Second Corinthians 10, and we're going to look here at verses 3 through 5 in uh, the New King James. It says, For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh, all right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Yes, for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now look at this. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now that may sound deep and that may sound, but you have got to get what that verse just said for you right there. This is a life changer if you get it. First of all, Paul said we're in a war. Anybody notice that? We're in a war. Absolutely. But the thing is, it's not a physical war. We don't war according to the flesh because the enemy we're fighting is, is not a physical being. And, and you know, we know that we're, we're going against principalities and powers and, and, and the devil. The devil and demons is really uh, what, it, what it's talking about. And you can't shoot the devil. 
If you could, we would have bombed him and shot him in a long time ago. I would have stabbed that sucker many years ago. But we are not fighting against a physical enemy. It's, a, it's not a physical enemy. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they're not physical. They're not of the flesh. And what did it tell us right there? That we have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And notice also there in verse 5, it says, all these arguments and thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And so when you've got knowledge of God, maybe you know that this would just be an easy example that who knows that it's wrong to steal. I was hoping more people at church would know, but that's okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll just go ahead and announce it. It's wrong to steal. You can't take something that doesn't belong to you. Even if it's from a rich person, it's still wrong to steal from rich people, from poor people, from middle class people. You can't, you can't take it if it's not yours. That's wrong. The Bible calls that a sin. Okay. And so now that we've got that established, um, so if you know that in your heart, that it's wrong to steal and, and you've got that knowledge of Christ in your mind about it, like, no, Jesus doesn't want me to take this. But what if other thoughts start coming in that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God saying, yeah, it says that, but this is a rich person. And so it's not as bad as stealing from a rich person as a poor person. And, 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 and they'll never know anyway. And they probably deserve it. They probably just, they didn't even work for that money. And, and so, and so, you know, all these arguments can begin taking place in your mind. And what is it? What's happening right there? These wicked and wrong thoughts are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. The Bible says this, your other thoughts are saying this, and there's a fight going on in your head. What do you do with this? You bring every rebellious thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You gotta answer those wrong thoughts with the Word of God, just like Jesus did, and bring, I see it, I see it when it's happening, and these thoughts are, and you say, no, I will not steal. The Bible tells me that it's wrong, thou shalt not steal. What has happened? You boom, you pinned the wrong thought with Jesus, and he had to tap out, and you just won a victory. Right? What if, what if thoughts come in with, with lust? And, and no, just, just look at this. No, no one's going to know anyway. Uh, what do you do? You fight it with the word of God. You make that wicked thought tap out to the obedience of Christ. What if thoughts come in of fear and like, oh man, you guys are going down. You know it. Yeah, you know you're not going to make it this time. And, it, and, but you, no, no, but the, but the Bible says that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And you, what do you do? Which thought is going to win? The word of God or the wicked wrong thought, it's going to be up to you. It is up to you to capture that thought, right? That's what captive means. And and bring it into the obedience of the knowledge of Christ. And the more you have God's word in your heart, the easier this fight gets. I can promise you that. If you don't have any word time, any any bullets in the gun, so to speak, with the word, then it's a lot harder to win this fight. And I can promise you this right now. You cannot win a thought, a, a battle in the mind by fighting it in your mind. That's the devil's playground. He'll be, that's his, he'll beat you every time. You gotta fight wrong thoughts by speaking the word out of your mouth. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with the word of God. Jesus said, no, get behind me, Satan. No, no, it is written. Thou shalt not live by bread alone. 
You've got to respond to wrong thoughts with the word of God out of your mouth. And so whenever you start to do this, you're capturing that thought and you're making it submit to the word of God. And you may have to do that a hundred times a day for a while, but eventually those thoughts get less and less. Things that used to be an issue for you, maybe thoughts of temptation or, 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 you know, going back to drinking or whatever, whatever it is, you know, that may try to come to you. You may have to a hundred times a day, a thousand times a day say, nope, not going to do it. No, absolutely. God's word says, you know, such and such. And then 30 seconds later, nope, in the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan. I rebuke you. I resist you in the name of Jesus. And you answer with the word. You may have to do it a hundred times a day, but eventually I'm telling you, it, the, these thoughts and these things get less and less and less. Now I'm going to tell you something that you can't help that wrong thoughts sometimes come to you. They come to all of us. You realize that Jesus was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. If you were tempted with something to steal or to, you know, uh, lust or anger or whatever, Jesus was tempted also yet without sin. And that's one of the great things about Jesus out of the five billion great things about him is that he can identify with our weaknesses. And so you can't help that wrong thoughts sometimes come, but you can control whether you'll dwell on them or not and let them take root. Now, Kenneth Hagin said this way, I can't stop birds from flying in the sky above my head, but I can stop them from building a nest in my hair. That, that's that's the truth. I you know sometimes uh, thoughts will try to come to me, right? To you, wrong thoughts, bad thoughts, and and I didn't ask for them. I didn't even invite them. And they just the birds are flying up above, right? Hey, but I can control and say no, get out of here in the name of Jesus, and 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 I don't have to let them build a nest in my hair and take up residence in my mind. Amen. We all will have wrong thoughts come to us, but those that are mature will capture those thoughts and bring them into obedience of, to Christ in the name of Jesus. And so I remember this one guy, a uh, great guy um, here at church. He used to come up to me every week. Man, I, I've been saved now for six months, and I, st- I, don't, I have curse words coming to my mind all the time. And I'm like... Dude, if you cussed for 50 years, it's it's going to take a minute. And I'm not I'm not making light of that. I get that. that has to be a struggle, right? I know some people that that is a very hard thing to overcome when they get into church. Now, don't excuse it. You do need to overcome that. You can't go around talking like that and expect God's blessing in your life. All right. But at the same time, uh, at least you're, you know, you're making some progress. Right. And so. I mean, all the time, man, I, I, I get mad. At the, I, and after a while, I'm like, well, are they coming out of your mouth still? No, I don't say them. They just come to my mind. I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And after a while, through standing on the word, learning to speak the word, I mean, I don't hardly ever hear from this individual anymore because he has come so far. And he overcame 50, 60 years of nonstop cussing. And he did it in the name of Jesus within a couple years time. And I'm really proud of him. And he did it this way by capturing those thoughts. And it took a little while, praise God, but he's really, really come a long way. And so again, if if you've, uh, if you've developed a habit over the course of your lifetime, you know, and you find out it's wrong, well, we got to fix it. And it may take a little bit of time, but you can do it. Somebody should say amen tonight. All right. The third thing is this. Letter C. All right. Letter C. 
If we're going to talk about renewing the mind, think about heaven. And I mean that. We have got to think about heaven. Because I realize that the majority of Christians don't actually think about heaven. And, you know, sometimes my wife teases me because I sometimes, I'll sit there and think about heaven. And, and what are you thinking about? Heaven. And what? But it's true. I like to think about heaven because it's going to be so incredibly awesome. I love it. And the best part is we're going to be face to face with Jesus. I don't have to walk by faith anymore up there. I, I, it'll be by sight. I'll actually get to see him at that point in time. Faith will be turned to sight. And that is the most beautiful moment ever. So Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and I love living the faith life. I love it even more when, you know, the it, it actually shows up, right? You know, you're praying for a new bike or something, and it's fun to fight the fight. When it shows up, though, that's a sweet day. And when we get to heaven, come on, we are going to really be turned to sight. Colossians 3, verses 2 and 3. Now, this is instructions from God's word. It says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And I promise you, 99.9% of us, we think about the things of earth a lot more than the things of heaven. Now, when you transform and renew your mind, that'll begin to change. And you will you know, think about heaven more. You'll think about, well, what does God's word say about this? What about the kingdom of heaven? Verse 3, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And so the scripture tells us like, this isn't even your real life. And people are like, get a life. Hey, I got one brother. <laughs> and it, it's not here. It's up there. Right. And people are like, I just want to find the real me. I, I, I just want to, I just want to, and, and listen, you're not, it's not here. I mean, I'm not saying this is fake, but pretty much this ain't the real thing. Your real life is in heaven with Christ in God. At the most, you'll live down here 100 to 120 years, and you're probably not going to live 120 years down here. I don't want to live 120 years down here. I want to go to heaven. I'm thinking maybe 90-ish. Anyway, but, you know, whatever, whatever God chooses. But I want to get to heaven. And, you know, some people, let me just hang on to this thing as long as I can. I'm like, I've got a mansion. I've got a river of life, trees of life. I've got Jesus Christ. I've got my loved ones. I've got streets of gold. That sounds a lot better than this. I'm just being real. All right? And so, yeah, I mean, I want to be here as long as I need to. But I'm fully aware that this ain't even the real thing. My real life is with Christ and God in heaven. And so, uh, and so we gotta view everything through the light of eternity because if I lived down here a hundred, a hundred, even if I lived to two hundred years, alright, which is not even a little bit realistic, but even if I lived two hundred years down here, do you realize how long you're gonna be in eternity? A million years, two million years, three million years, four billion years from now, that's where I'm gonna be. And so one lesson that I've learned that's helped me out a lot in life, especially with controlling my thoughts, is I try to view everything, every situation, through the lens of eternity. Is this problem that I'm just so tripping out of right now, is it really going to matter in eternity? Probably not. 
am I going to care a hundred years from now whether I got that car or that food or what you know whatever? I, I'm probably not even going to care a hundred days from now or next week from now. And, and and when you begin to view every situation in life through the lens of eternity, it puts things in proper perspective in my life. There is no amount of temporary happiness in this world that is worth anything in eternity. If I give in to the wrong thoughts, if I if I don't renew my mind, if I don't do something about this, listen, even a hundred years of happiness here is incomparable to a billion years, say, in hell. Right? Or a, or a, a billion years in heaven. I, I am not going to care when I'm up there or, you know, I'm not going to be down there. And none, I believe none of you guys are here, but I'm saying is when you view things through the light of eternity, the things of this earth, you know, the song says they grow strangely dim. And have you ever thought about something that was a big deal to you when you were a kid? Man, maybe in fifth grade you were tripping out because you didn't get the baseball card you wanted or didn't get invited to the sleepover. And you look back now or whatever the case is, and it's just a faint little memory like, I don't... I don't care anybody. It, it, it's insignificant. That's nothing to me. And some of the things that we face in this life, in eternity, they will be nothing at all. And so I'm going to repeat Romans 12, 2 to us. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we renew our mind? Well, I believe there's more ways than what I just shared here tonight, but the biggest way is through the Word of God. And another great way is by capturing those thoughts and bringing them into submission to the name of Jesus Christ. And another big one is fixing your sights on heaven, where your real home is, and then you won't trip up about as much stuff down here, and it'll change the way you view everything. Amen? All right, I'm out of time. I went, in fact, we're in overtime here. We're in OT. We better get up. You guys shouldn't have let me do that. Stand up. Come on. Shame on you. Shame on you. All right. We're going to go ahead and uh, we'll have Josh close us out in a song here tonight. But uh, if you're here and you need prayer, I want to be able to pray with you tonight. Someone on my prayer team, Chuck and Desiree, if you could come up with me. If you're here tonight and you need prayer, we want to agree with you for whatever it is that you're facing. And, and you know, it says where two or more are gathered in my name. And if one could put a thousand to flight, two could put... 10,000 to flight. And so we want to be here to agree with you tonight. And if there's anything that you need help with, we're going to pray with you. Amen. And so Josh, lead us in a song here. We'll take just a few minutes, then we'll close down. Your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you Your face, our hearts will cry these bones.
Ladies, you've got women's meeting Friday, and then this weekend is going to be absolutely awesome, and we're going to bring in candy, candy, candy. Am I right? Okay, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, we know your Word is true. And Lord, if you said that we were to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we know that it is possible to do it. And if you said that we're to capture every one of those rebellious thoughts that tries to come in and bring it into submission to the obedience of Christ, we can do that. Help us, Lord, to be able to do that. And Lord, we know that you're changing us every day for the glory of God so we can be more like you. And as we're more like you, we know that there's more peace, there's more joy, there's more love, there's more blessing as we get closer to you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen tonight? All right. Let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over Barstow, and we will be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll see you this weekend. Remember to help Robert set up tables, men.